Wait. If we want to build the future, we're gonna need something. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, I'm Shaletta Brundage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too. It's, it's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a team mental health podcast. I am your host, Brandon Jones. And on today's episode, we're continuing our conversation uh, utilizing the Youth Risk Survey and we're going to be talking about the area of the survey that looked at violence amongst young people. And over the past few weeks, really over the past few years, there's been more and more conversation about the violence that young people are experiencing at school and in the community. And not as much talk about the violence that young people experience at home, but we'll touch on that just a tad bit today on today's podcast. And many parents are wondering what type of communication should they have with the young people in their lives? Many young people are, are wondering, what can we do? Where there are so many schools that are in lockdown on a consistent basis, so many fights. <clears throat> I mean, if you just go on social media, you, all you have to do is type in fight videos, and I guarantee you, you'll run into like at least 10 to 15 fresh videos of young people fighting at school or in front of school buildings. The violence situation is stark and it is somewhat out of control in many areas across the United States. Parents and caregivers, educators, and folks who work with young people, are, a lot of us are scratching our head and wondering what's going on. Why are so many young people finding themselves in, in situations that result into violence and what is happening? So what the study did was it looked at this and looked at violence from a few different angles. Those angles included bullying, uh, included uh, being forced to engage in sexual activity, 
It included the perceptions of violence at school, and it also included people being threatened or even uh, people seeing and witnessing violence at school. <clears throat> what the study was able to uncover was very fascinating. What the study says is violence is the leading cause of death and non-fatal injuries amongst <clears throat> adolescents in the United States. Violence places the lives of youth adolescents at risk, and experiencing violence may be associated with mental health problems, diminishing academic success, sexual risk behavior, and substance use. Now, we've covered some of this already on the podcast. We talked about substance use on a previous episode. We talked about uh, academic success and what some of the young people are struggling with and how to utilize social-emotional intelligence to help push them forward. We've also talked about various different mental health challenges. So we know that there is a combination of things that young people are struggling with in order to advance and move forward and in order to maintain their safety. But violence seems to be one of the first things that a lot of young people are utilizing in order to survive on a day-to-day -day basis. I want to talk about why that is. How did we get here? What became, what became, you know, what was the tipping point? How did we transition from there used to be maybe one or two fights in a month or even a year, school year, to one or two fights a day in many of our schools? What has happened? Now, some people like to blame the internet. They're saying, well, and, and video games, right? So technology. They're saying there's more video games. One video game we hear a lot about is Grand Theft Auto. Um, you can add the wrestling games in there and the Mortal Kombat's and the Call of Duties. You can add all these games that are engaging in violence. And you can say those have had some influence on young people. We also can think about, well, where do young people get to out um, get to let out some of that aggression and frustration? What are some of the appropriate spaces that we have created for young people to do that? There aren't many left. You know, there used to be places, sports, various different activities, recess, where young people can get their bodies moving, get some of that tension out, and have other ways to settle differences. You know, we, I remember when I was a kid in, in, in the 90s in elementary school, and they, and they were big on talking through our problems. We don't need to use our hands. We can use our mouths and things like that. Those talks don't happen as much anymore in schools unfortunately, because there's so many behavioral issues and teachers are doing so much to kind of rally and keep kids, you know, focus as much as possible for the academics that we're not having those valuable lessons take place. And also, I would just say the accessibility of weapons has increased dramatically over the years where young people can get guns, they can get knives, they can order pieces and tools online and have them shipped to their houses. They can also use 3D printers <laughs> to create weapons as well. We're in, a, we're in a time where weapon access is huge. But also, what happened to uh, being able to critically think and reason with what's going on? What happened to allowing uh, young people to process their frustrations and being able to face adversity? One of the things that I have um, done a little bit of research on and do a lot of thinking on is what happened to fortitude? What happened to being able to encourage young people to face uh, pain, to face adversity with some level of pride and dignity and, and helping them understand that losing or, or being laughed at or being teased isn't the end of the world and that there are ways for you to learn how to, what we used to call take an L, to take a loss, to not necessarily 
develop into de- and not necessarily develop um, in a way where you're seeing yourself as a victim and being picked on, but as a way of growth into saying, you know what, sometimes you're not always going to be the best. You're not always going to win. And sometimes you're going to have failure and that's okay. And that's an area for us to consider is what happened to that. Because <clears throat> now, and I see this even uh, within my kids and their peers, when they lose at a game, it's a full tantrum. They'll flip a table over. They'll get mad. They may yell. They may hit each other. And they're just playing board games or playing recess. And I've seen that quite a bit in my experience. And it's like, wow, this kid just lost you know, a card game. Or they just lost playing Connect Four, and automatically they're knocking the board over, they're throwing pieces around, and it's like this instant rage. We have to get our young people back to being able to deal with adversity in a way that doesn't turn into an explosion, because that's what's taking place. And these explosions today are extremely dangerous because of the use of weapons um, that ends up taking place. So uh, I wanted to utilize this uh, study to have a conversation about, one, what are we seeing with the violence, but also what can we do? So before we wrap up today's podcast, I want to definitely be able to share a few tips. The first thing that I think that parents and caregivers can do is to make sure that you are having conversations about losing with your kids. They need to understand that losing is a part of life, and it's a lesson in the loss. You grow from things. You get to learn from things not always going your way. Life sometimes is the best teacher, and things aren't going to work out. And when you fail, that's when you really learn about yourself. You have you, you have those humbling moments, or you're supposed to, and you're able to kind of analyze and think, well, why didn't that work for me? And what could I either do differently, or what's a different situation I can find myself in that gives me a better result? But for so many youth, they don't have adults around them encouraging them and, 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 and helping them understand those lessons. So they just get angry and frustrated and they lash out. The other part of violence that we haven't talked about today is the violence that takes place on an individual. So the second tip I want to encourage parents and caregivers to pay attention to is how are young people internalizing their setbacks, uh, the adversity, the pain that they may experience? What are they doing? A lot of young people will internalize that pain before they lash out. See, when we think of violence, we think about the things that people do to each other, to each other, but we don't always consider the violence that happens to the individual. And there are so many kids who get teased, who get bullied, who lose in games, or you know, they they just never get, you know, they might not, they may get rejected at school, and then they're cutting themselves, they're pinching themselves, they're pulling their hair out. Um, they're doing these things, these self-injurious behaviors, because they're one, they they haven't figured out a different way to process that loss. But two, they're trying to feel something different than the letdown, than the disappointment. They're trying to feel something, and that's one of the areas we don't want them to get into, because that can manifest itself to suicidal thoughts as well. So we have to keep in mind of the internal processing that young people deal with. Here's a tip for young people. So if you're a young person and you're, you're seeing the violence or you are uh, coping with the violence, one thing that, and, and this is going to sound like a repeated thing here on, on the uh, It's Not Your Fault podcast, you have to talk to somebody. Don't go at it alone. And even and find your best method of communication, even if it's a text message, writing a letter, sending an email, writing a note, 
or just having a one-on-one with an adult that you care about and let them know how you're feeling. What are you seeing? How are you responding to things? What do you want to do? You know, sometimes the best prevention of a violent event is just having a connection and a rapport built with somebody. So make sure you verbalize what's going on and what's happening, what you're thinking with someone. And don't always expect them to solve every problem or to know the answer to everything, but at least you're getting it off your chest and you're not keeping it bundled up. And then the next thing that I would encourage young people to do is if you know something is going to go down, to inform someone who can actually do something about it. Don't just go on to Twitter or uh, TikTok or whatever. Don't just pull your phone out when incidents are happening. Report to the right people. And know it's a spectacle. I know it's interesting. It's sometimes even funny to watch and see these things go on. But people are seriously getting hurt these days, and we want to try to intervene in these situations as much as possible. You know, I would hate to have see another school shooting, but unfortunately, I think that we're going to have more of those. I hope we never have another one again, but we'll have more school shootings. I hate seeing that graduations, that people are being shot. I hate seeing that at birthday parties and, and, and at, you know, at baby showers even, people are being killed. There's something going on in our culture that we really have to focus on. And it's not just the um, the access to guns, but there's a cultural mindset that that is a way to settle our differences or to even the score. And people have to have some, some, um, some, some thoughts and some care about what their future holds and how they, how their actions can input people. And it's going to take a lot of work from us as parents and caregivers. Uh, and, and for you as young people to really think about how do I make a difference in this world? And is the difference that I make making a difference and how do I make sure I keep myself in the most safe and healthy environments as possible? And unfortunately, we have to keep our heads on a swivel due to the incidents that do happen. So they highlighted the, you know, the various experiences of violence that young people have. And it's unfortunate that it is the leading cause of death amongst young people right now is violence. I hope that we can continue to work together to move beyond that trend. And hopefully, you know, you come back to places like it is not your fault podcast in order to um, get more information and to move forward. And if you have questions or if you want to share your story, feel free to connect with us a few different ways. The first way is to go ahead and hit me up at my website, uh, www.jegna.org. That's jegna.org. Feel free to submit your questions. Uh, feel free to um, share topics and ideas there. If you need resources, feel free to ask. I will send you things if you need them. Also, you can find us on Facebook. It is Not Your Fault Podcast. And you can find this report there, other articles and things that we share as well. And then also, you can always find us at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. That's ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Because I'm not the only good podcaster there. We have great other people who share good resources and content to help you move through anything that you have going on. So remember, it is not your fault of what's going on, but it may be your opportunity to do something better. I'm Brandon Jones, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> on this season of Outside Chance, we're about to put the fly and fly fishing. I'm about to prove there's an outdoor activity for everybody. Yeah! This one I'm pretty confident I can make. <laughs> I'll break down gear. 
costs and best locations to learn. Holy crap. Whoa! Yeah! Life is meant to be experienced. <laughs> Did you see that? Join me and find out what you've been missing. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, and it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. When I looked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Whether I'm taking the bus or the light rail, I'm on board with Metro Transit. What would I do without my ride? I hope to never find out. Metro Transit is my ticket to get where I need to go, uptown or downtown, city or suburbs, no hassle. It's my reliable, affordable way to get to work, run errands, visit friends, and then get back home to my neighborhood. With easy to pay fares, I just jump on board and relax while a professional does the driving. This is my time to listen to my music, catch up with my friends on social media, play a game or read, or just chill out and unwind on the way to my destination. But sharing the ride is also about being with folks from my community, headed to school, or traveling to their appointments, or out on the town. Traveling together, we make our road safer and create a healthier environment for everyone. Get on board with Metro Transit. It's your ride, too. Racial, racial covenants had structured every aspect of life. Keeping black people in black spaces. Slavery's history is Minnesota's history. So much of working towards racial equity is around telling our own stories. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. 
Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. When you're running your own business, it's exciting to imagine what's possible and overwhelming to think about how to make it work. You need a banker to help meet challenges and make the most of opportunities to grow. At Bremer Bank, we understand that success is always a team effort. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.